0: morning my name is minu kim associate pastor here at saint stephen's Uh, and again uh, it is a joy uh, to worship with you on this beautiful pentecost sunday today's scripture message uh, comes from first corinthians chapter two uh, chapter 12 uh, verses 3 to 13 says no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit, and they are varieties of services, but the same Lord, and they are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the discernment of spirits to another various kinds of tongues and another the interpretation of tongues all these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses for just as the body is one and has many members And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. As Pastor Spencer mentioned, today is Pentecost Sunday, often dubbed as the birthday of the church, it is a day where we reflect on how the church came into being through the coming of the Holy Spirit, especially from Acts chapter 2, when the rush of a violent fire, a violent wind, filled the place where Jesus' disciples and followers gathered together. And the scripture says, not only the place, but also the people were filled with the Holy Spirit and this is what the church is all about a gathering of people filled with the Holy Spirit and this is who we are as Christians members of the church filled with the Holy Spirit I'm sorry to break it uh, break it to you but our identity as Christians and us being part of the life of the church, are inseparable, always connected. You may remember this diagram from one of my previous sermons. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. In other words, the Holy Spirit is God. Yet us, the mainland Protestants, do not talk much about the Holy Spirit compared to the other two. And that was even one of our conferments observation that we don't talk much about the Holy Spirit. I think one of the reasons why we don't talk much about the Holy Spirit is similar to why we don't have many solutions when we have Wi-Fi issues. As you might have noticed, our internet was down last Sunday, impairing our Sunday schools and live streaming of our services. And whenever we face such a problem, there is really nothing much we can do other than to reboot our router and modem. And if the rebooting of our machines don't work, doesn't work, we can only wait for the service provider to show up. And until that moment, our frustration grows and our anger outbursts. Aren't we so dependent on Wi-Fi? our phones our computers and other smart gadgets without wi-fi are as dumb as a brick and we feel so lost and out of control with just a brick in our hands this is how i explained the holy spirit in our confirmation class wi-fi gives life to our phones activating the phone to do what it is made to do to be connected to the internet so that we may be connected with others. I think the Holy Spirit works in a similar way. The third person of the Trinity gives life to a body, animating the body to live out the life it is intended to live, intended to live, to be connected to the triune God so that we may be connected to others. Or in other words, to love God and to love others as ourselves. It is God who formed us and breathed into us the breath of life, the Ruach from Genesis, the Hebrew word for wind, breath, or spirit, the rush of a violent violent wind, the living breath of God, the Spirit of the Lord, the third person of the Trinity, or the Holy Spirit. It is this Ruach who gives life to God's creative work. It is this Ruah who gives life to damn dry bones in Ezekiel's vision. It is this this Ruah who gives life inside Mary's womb. It is this Ruah who raises Jesus from the dead. And it is this Ruah who gives life to the church. It is this Ruah who dwells in us, the collective us. This is who we are. We are people animated and activated by the Holy Spirit. We are here because of the Holy Spirit. The past four weeks, every Sunday morning, I was wondering whether if I can make it to church service. And I know I'm here, standing here because of the Holy Spirit. We are able to worship because of the Holy Spirit. The Romans says we are able to pray because of the Holy Spirit. We are able to serve because of the Holy Spirit. We are able to love because of the Holy Spirit. We are able to walk this journey of sanctification because of the Holy Spirit. We are whom the Holy Spirit indwells. And our body, our collective body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are nothing without the Holy Spirit. And that is our confession as Christians Christians are often, the term Christian is often defined as those who confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if that is what constitutes a Christian, then again, we are nothing without the Holy Spirit. As today's scripture tells us, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let us look at this, the diagram once again, uh, the diagram of the Trinity, the graphic. St. Augustine uh, describes what connects each person of the Trinity as love, the relationship, the bar we see in between all the, all the persons of the Trinity as love. And this triune community is the model of Christian love, not just a fuzzy feeling we receive or hand out, but a real connection we build together creating a community of love and harmony. This is the kind of connection God through the Son exemplified. Jesus says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And this is the kind of connection God through the Holy Spirit draws us into, a life we are called to live, to be connected to the triune God so that we may be connected to others. Again, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The story of the Pentecost from Acts 2 is that of a connection. Jesus' disciples and followers were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in languages other than their own or otherwise known as speaking in tongues. And then a diverse crowd nearby who gathered in Jerusalem for a festival started to hear their own native languages from these Jesus' apostles. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the connection was made between Christians and non-Christians, between the church and the world outside the church. Despite their differences, the Holy Spirit guided them to no longer be strangers to one another. Rather, they became one first through the Holy Spirit and second through baptism. The same Holy Spirit who raised the crucified body of Jesus now raised the church by connecting a hodgepodge of people together so that they may become the body of Christ for the world, for us and them to be connected, for all of us to be connected in the life of the triune God. So the major concern for us Christians ought to be our connectivity, not just our internet, us, our connectivity, both vertically and horizontally, are we on the same wavelength as the triune God, as well as those inside our church and also the outside of our church? Are we connected? In today's scripture reading, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, which was going through its own connectivity issue. Corinth was a busy port city in Greece located between two gulfs. With ships, merchants, and travelers constantly passing through, through from east and west, the city attracted both incredible wealth and diversity. And as a thriving city, the city of Corinth became known for its hedonistic way of life. In that very city, Paul started a church with Priscilla and Aquila, and they successfully assembled a church that reflected the city's demographics. The church at Corinth was composed of people who were from an utterly pagan background, who were Jews, and who were both or neither. There were many poor converts, but also a number of high status and wealthy figures along there with their households. The church brought together people of different races, backgrounds, classes, genders, ages, and relationship statuses. But what these converts also brought to their church community was all the hostility, suspicion, and misunderstanding that arose from their differences. And what this church eventually faced was a connectivity problem. And what Paul saw 10 years later from afar was a deeply divided church. The members of the church, Corinthian church, were fractionalized behind different leaders. They were litigating against each other. They were offended by the religious practice and attire of one another. They were competing against one another by showboating showboating their worship skills trying to prove their spiritual gifts were superior. They refused to share meals together at the Lord's table. It wasn't a potluck, but BYOM, bring your own meal. So the rich feasted while the poor went hungry. It was a hot mess, but a hot mess that is not so unfamiliar to us. Today's scripture addresses directly to this connectivity problem. This is how Eugene Peterson paraphrases in, it, in the message translation. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Again, Paul is... Acknowledging and embracing all the various gifts, ministries, and activities. But Paul is trying to bring them all in under one God. Trying to connect them all together. Simply put, Paul is asking them to please get along. For they are, wild, many and diverse, they are members of one body. Baptized and born again into the body of Christ. And this exhortation is followed by one of the most well-known passages in all scriptures. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil and rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I used to find it comical that the passage written to an utterly divided church is almost always spoken aloud at a wedding. But now after some years into marriage, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Marriage is not a union between two perfect lovebirds. Marriage is a covenant between two imperfect strangers making vows to get along and to stay connected despite our differences, to be born again as one body through the power of the Holy Spirit. On this Pentecost Sunday, I ponder our identity as Christians, the people who confess Jesus as Lord. Not only does the Holy Spirit give voice to our confession, but the same Spirit also makes us born again into the body of church, body of Christ, the church. Thus, our identity is forever connected forever linked to us being members of the church. And we know how ugly and imperfect a church can become, not only through the example of the Corinthian church, but also through our own experiences and encounters. And I mourn for those who never stepped inside the church, but know a church through its controversies and scandals depicted on the social in, in the mass media, and I mourn for those who left the church after only witnessing its pretensions and hypocrisies. For it will be impo- almost impossible to reason with them as to why the church still matters. But if they have ever stumbled upon the behind the scenes of the church, encountering those who faithfully and sacrificially serve one another, they would know why the church still matters. If they have ever witnessed the love of God exemplified through various gifts, services, and activities shared for the common good, not for the edification of ourselves, but for the building of the community, they would know that the church still matters. If they have ever encountered those who seek the Holy Spirit zealously, yet bear its fruit unassumingly, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they would know why the church still matters. Despite all of its flaws, the church still matters because the Holy Spirit is God. God who is at work, who gives life to nothingness, to, who gives life to barrenness, and who gives life to brokenness. May the same Spirit who raised the crucif- crucified body of Jesus Christ raise us, the church, again. And may the same Spirit of the Pentecost. fall afresh, fall afresh on us so that the strength of our connectivity is as strong as ever, empowering us to do what we are first intended to do, to love God and to love one another in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.